0: Pay that, pay that, me his money. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Fox yes. Sports will be paying Tom Brady 10 years, 375. 375 million, million.
1: million dollars. Pay that, me and his money. The Rich
0: Eisen Show.
2: He's going in the booth. Did not see that coming. Tom Brady and you could knock me over with a feather.
0: Today's guests, Ravens defensive end, Calais Campbell. Jaguars head coach, Doug Peterson, plus Packers head coach, Matt LaFleur. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Oh,
2: hi, everybody. Welcome to this edition of the Rich Eisen Show, live from Los Angeles, California, here on this busy Wednesday, right in the middle of the week, all right, in the middle of the month of May. It is time to say hello to everybody uh, and wipe stuff off my sweater. That's the way things are rolling here <laughs> on the program. Hey! Uh, hey, Peacock folks. Hey, folks listening to us on Sirius XM Channel 85 NBC Sports Audio. We say hello to our terrestrial radio listeners and everybody listening to us on Odyssey and you podcast listeners. We're, we're going to say hello to you live on our simulcast, even though you're listening to us uh, anytime you darn well please It's your right to do that. By getting our podcast and hitting the subscribe button. We greatly appreciate that uh, when you do such a thing. Um, And also listen to all of our podcasts, not just the Rich Eisen Show, but the NBA, the uh, Rich Eisen Show basketball podcast, and also just getting started. Who's host is sitting in Chris Brockman's seat for another day. Good to see you this morning, Suze. How are you?
0: I feel badly that I didn't get the lint off your sweater. As you know what, that is, job normally it's years. your gig, but
2: you're, you're multitasking. You're usually very good at that sort Wrong of with thing. Uh, but good to see you over there. Uh, Brockman uh, is still on the shelf. We send our best to him. DJ Mikey D, all clean shaven with his, uh, glasses on. Back. Brockman leaves the show for uh, a short bit, and then all of a sudden uh, uh, Mike is uh, baby-faced and blind. Good to see you, Mike. How are you, <laughs> good sir? To see you. Good it's going on what's going on? Uh, T.J. Jefferson light the candle. Oh, you already have.
3: It's late, and I'm a little upset because Susie pro- promised mimosas today, and yet well, I ain't got no mimosas. Well, so.
2: uh, let's put a pin in that you know. because um, even though you just fired darts in the direction of my wife, <laughs> my um, wife. there was a whole big to do about that conversation leaving the house today. Oh, okay, um, and and we'll get to that. There's I know there's lots of people wondering what happened, in my sons, our sons, little oh, yes. game yesterday as well. We'll get to all all of that, but good to see you here on this I specifically asked you not to tell me the well, results of the game. So. I know you did. I did. I, I, you did, and I haven't, and we will reveal later on. Uh First things first is what the hell happened to your 76ers last night?
3: Man, they, they might as well have just forfeited the game and not even
2: took the flight to Miami. Like, they didn't show up last night, Rich. Well, neither road team showed up in their no. um playoff games last night. And now, pivotal game, uh, the... Pivotal Game 5 went to the home teams, and now the Suns and the uh, Heat take to the road to try and avoid a Game 7 in their houses. So not much to talk about in the NBA playoffs front right there. Uh, Two ugly games. We'll delve a little bit more into it over the next three hours of this program. Also uh, on the show, uh, as always, we've got football on our minds. Um, Three guests, one of whom uh, is joining in about 17 minutes' time, Clayus Campbell, everybody, from your Baltimore Ravens, entering year 15 in the league. Calais will be first up and then we've got two head coaches one who's been on this show multiple times and another one who's making his first ever appearance on this show which makes me very pleased to say Matt LaFleur the head coach of your Green Bay Packers will be on this program to lead off our number three and the lead off hour number two is a man who we last spoke to when I zoomed with him from his parents house in I believe it was in the state of Louisiana getting ready for his son's pro day just after the Philadelphia Eagles parted ways with him. And I was wondering when was it, when he was going to get a job next. And he might have been wondering the same thing. But now he joins us as the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Doug Peterson will lead off our number two of this show. And we always appreciate when uh, teams support uh, the promotion of their uh, coaches appearing on this program. The Jaguars tweeted out, Uh, that Coach Peterson joins the show today at 1 p.m. Eastern time. And they included a photograph of Doug on the phone just to give you a a glimpse of what it might look like (laughs) when he calls in uh, to the program.
0: That was really nice of them. Don't you think so? visual
2: cues. I got to describe, though, for our uh, radio uh, listeners, it looks like this is a photograph of him welcoming a prospect to the team on draft night. Doesn't that look like that way to you? Yeah.
3: Yeah? looks happy. He's got you know, his, his... Team issued merch on. Right,
2: there he is. Right there. Um, Or he's calling uh, the kicker of the Jaguars and saying, don't worry, I will not kick you. (laughs) That that is something he might be saying on the phone right there. (laughs) And that also foreshadows a little bit of what Susie has uh, cooked up for her uh, news update in hour number three of this program uh, here on the show. So, we have set the table, as they say. By the way, I, I never miss an opportunity to... To utter that phrase? To utter the phrase, kicking the kicker. <laughs> Something Doug Peterson will not do, I can personally guarantee you. Uh at any rate, hi. So, um, look, now that we've gotten used to the idea of Tom Brady being a broadcaster, and think people are, are are still trying to wrap their arms around that one, their figurative arms around that one. Um, you know, now that we know Brady is got his post career. Um, endeavor main endeavor all set up obviously he's got many other things going on new golf wear collection right the tb12 system or now uh, the tb12 system is now going to be the the tv375 system i think um with a 10-year 375 million dollar contract reportedly uh although the uh fox sports pushed back on the report uh, of 10 years, $375 million, even though that report came from another Fox-owned operation in the New York Post. Uh, it's always great when one, <laughs> one right-hand and left-hand are, are kind of bashing at each other. But um, 10 years, $375 bucks, And now comes the question that I think people will start wondering about, and if they already haven't, the main question of, will Tom Brady be any good at it? which I don't think has been said about Tom Brady since 2001, right? That was the last time anybody ever wondered aloud, is Tom, can Tom Brady be any good at what he wants to do? Facts. Right. And that's another reason why, you know, I kind of tip the cap, and obviously when somebody drops that bag on your table, you're going to say, sure, I'll do that. Uh, but even with all that money to incentivize, It is impressive that he's going to do this because this is way out of his lane. This is way out of his lane because, uh, Mike, I I didn't give you this heads up before, so you're going to have to go with me here. Yes. Because when Tom Mm -hmm. is asked a question, whether it's pregame by all of the Fox pregame shows that Mike Del Tufo swears he will... Mike him up for. Yeah.
3: I don't mic up people. Okay. I'm I'm, oh, pardon me. <laughs> I mean, you don't I shine don't. shoes no more. Go I been away ahead. a long Come time. On. I understand I that. Some res- the show. Put Come some on. respect on his name. I yeah. used
2: to mic people up. Susie, I mic'd up. Yeah. She could say that. Okay. I actually've mic'd up story. your story. Right. Although, by the way, today is the it, speaking of not shining shoes no more. Today is the 42nd anniversary of the day That's where right. uh, uh, Henry you, Hill looked up and saw the helicopters in the clouds. And, and, Ooh, yeah. greatest. Know, and by the you way, May, May 11th, 1980 was the date. <laughs> fells, yes. yeah, yeah. Let's celebrate this. I digress. How you doing, Henry? I'm sorry, Rich. I digress. I digress, digress. But Tom Brady, when asked a question at any point, even by Kevin Burkhart during the game, cannot plead the fifth. He cannot no. do that. You have that drop. In I, uh, you. You uh, I actually it. was
3: looking for it, okay. and it, it
2: got inadvertently <laughs> you got to get your game together if Brady's joining Fox, Mike. And it was funny, because anyway, normally he's like right in my name, I actually looked for it. He cannot, plead, he cannot plead the fifth. I plead the fifth. He cannot do that. Uh-oh, hold on, hold and, on. And this is— I plead the fifth. Well done, Mike. It, was, it <laughs> moved inadvertently. All right, better late than never. That was me. That's true. I will take that uh, foul. But look— I think th- and, and, and the, that drop kind of makes the point I'm about to reveal here that everybody is viewing Brady's ability potentially as a broadcaster through what we've only seen from Tom, and that is completely guarded velvet ropes around anything important that we want to know from him from his 20 years of being the personification of the Patriot way and the Belichick, give nothing to nobody, give no answers that can absolutely reveal a single thing that could lead to a kernel of or morsel of information that could be used as a bulletin board material or to let anybody know anything about what you're planning to do or anything of that nature. Okay, And then he said, didn't he say on LeBron's show, the shop that he... 90% of the time, he doesn't tell the truth. Didn't he say something like that? I might be um, exaggerating his percentage that he said. And we're all taking a look at what we've seen from Brady and saying, that's not a broadcaster. And I will just counsel everybody who might be thinking that, that many of you thought the same thing about Tony Romo when he got the gig that Tony Romo was defensive whenever there were questions asked of him at his locker in Dallas because, you know what, that's what you got to kind of build those walls when you are the Dallas Cowboys quarterback, which is another reason why Dak's sunny disposition kind of makes people put off that he's not right for the job because normally we think you Cowboy quarterback should be kind of, you know, jabbing back at us here and not giving us anything. And everyone was wondering, can Romo actually talk? Do you want want
0: clarification, by the way? Do you want clarification on that? He said on the shop, what I say and what I think are two different things. I would say 90% of what I say is not what I'm thinking, which is challenging. I really admire people that actually can do that and say what they think because they invite a lot of other things. And I think there's a part of me that doesn't like conflict. So in the end, I always try to play it super flat.
2: Now, remove that 90% and 100% of the time not playing it flat.
0: From a strategic standpoint, I never want to give away what I'm doing. I usually say the opposite. If they got a, and I won't say this on the air corner, I'll say that guy's unbelievable. I don't know what how they can complete balls over there. And in my mind, I'm thinking, I'm going to go at that mother effer all day. I don't want to give them anything.
2: Well, I I mean, the the, the, the MFer part can be said if the games are on FX. (laughs) (laughs) But... I think what you've just said, Suze, there, what if that Brady shows up in the booth next to Kevin Burkhart without the obvious MFers and stuff like that? What if that Brady, who has never said anything about what he thinks or has said anything critical of anybody at all, what if that Brady shows up in the booth and you're like, Okay, right. Like it's two different ways to say okay, as we say yeah. on the show. Is like okay, okay, yeah, yeah. 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 or okay. okay. That would be the okay, yeah. Tom Brady, and yes.
0: Can I finish the quote? Because sure. I've never Sorry. liked him more. Okay. Okay, and see if this sounds familiar to you. Some people, like my wife, for example, she lets it come out. It's like vroom, and it's out, and I'm like oh, sh. And she's right. I like you, Tom. Her instincts and her nature is usually right with a lot of things that she says and thinks. I'm like, how does she do that? Because I've got to think about it for like five or ten minutes and think this particular situation or answer. I don't want to say something in the end where I'm like, ah, I wish I'd said something different. I get you, Tom. I get you, Tom. So It's usually your wife that's right.
2: This is the Tom Brady that's there that I would counsel for him to let out and again like I said yesterday there is no situation in which Brady will not have a personal experience to tap into to express any analysis in a game there isn't with the exception of a team being on like a five game losing streak you know what i mean like that's it something bad quarterback coming back from a knee injury got that one when we were one in quarterback quarterback (laughs) who's had somebody drafted right there in garoppolo Mm -hmm. later in the career got that quarterback who's been doubted who had to move on to cincinnati got that one quarterback who's played in in multiple super bowls got that one quarterback who's lost in multiple super bowls got that one Quarterback who's had to go back to back successfully and unsuccessfully. Got that one. Late round draft pick with a chip on the shoulder. Got that one. Comebacks. Got that one. Which one doesn't he have? And better than anybody else, with a, all due respect to anybody else who's doing it right now. Yeah. He's got everything covered. Coach who's controlling. Been suspended. Got a that one. of things yeah. that
3: might not have been true. Or check. Quirky. I mean, check. Sc- yeah. Sports scandal. scandals. Multiple. Check every yeah. box.
2: Everything. You're right. Every box can be checked by this guy. And Kevin Burkhart, look, I heard on Dan's show, they were talking about this, and I heard uh, Andrew Marchand, the guest of the New York Post, saying that it's up to the play-by-play guy, really controls a lot of what the... Uh, Analysts can do and how successful they are. Like and, and while I, you know, I will always think that you know <laughs> any host or play-by-play person does have that sort of control, and they do because you have to set up your analyst or whatever. But the analyst still has to get in and out before a snap. Still has to know what to say and when to say it and how to say it. The host can't control that, so that's going to be on Tom Brady. And if he approaches this just like anything else in his life, he will delve deep into it and be over-prepared for it. And, you know, my only thing I would say to Kevin Burkhart, I don't think he needs my uh, opinion, but I, I I have some experience at this, Kevin, is just beware of the two-shot with Tom Brady. That is a losing streak every time. All right? Every time. So the toughest part of Kevin Burkhart's job is going to be the open of the broadcast and the top of the... Uh, Second half, and then uh, to wrap things up, you know, Kevin just, you know, it, it you know doesn't matter what you wear, it's going to look like you're wearing a burlap sack. It's a tough two-shot. But Kevin's also got one of the most incredible moments of his career. Tom Brady is coming to the booth, and he's your partner. And I think he's going to be really good at it and can be terrific at it. And anybody else who thinks otherwise, you just haven't seen the Brady That actually exists. He hasn't shown it to you. And he's not going to show it to you again this year either. That's going to be something unwrapped in his first game with
3: Fox. I actually do the rehearsals and the tests a lot of times with the Yes. Play-by-play and color guys that come in. Yes. And and I may actually do the Brady when this happens.
2: Because I was going to ask oh, you. Mike, I, you, you a with... Wait a minute. I do you those. haven't done that at all? Cause, oh, no. I do that all the time. Because I was going to ask you if all this I got to go do the USFL was covered. no, <laughs> oh, no, no, no. For no. actually. I've done. Are I, I, I you just skipping or? out on us? I
3: did Tony Romo when he tested for Fox. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. had no idea. Oh, yeah. No, we did. Oh, we, yeah. we bring in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Here's the question. Is Mike still going to be working there in 2030 when this actually happens? <laughs> hey, what are we talking about? Sure. This
2: guy's not going anywhere not anytime soon, that's, man. Yeah, that's true. All right, is the number to dial here on the program. Calais Campbell of the Baltimore Ravens is first up. Doug Peterson. Peterson. Who chose Travon Walker over my Michigan, man. How dare he? The temerity. <laughs> Can't wait to talk to him about that. <laughs> the audacity. And then Matt LaFleur making his Rich and show debut. Very excited about that. I've got the top 10 games I'm looking forward to being revealed by the schedule release tomorrow night on NFL Network. Not so exclusive uh, to the point where one of those games has already been scheduled. Uh, We'll talk about all that on this program. Susie's here. You're there. TJ Jefferson, Mike Del Tufo on this dry Wednesday edition of The Rich Eisen Show. (laughs) Where's the mimosas? Um <laughs> you you missed a lot well. uh, on our peacock only segment right there. Um mm. uh uh my, my whirling dervish of a wife is sitting in uh, Chris Brockman's seat today. Um, we're we're lucky to be here alive, based on the commute today. Oh
0: God, this is ridiculous. <laughs> Mike
2: Del Tufo, good to see you, sir. See T.J. You. Jefferson, where he is.
3: Marriage seems like so much
2: fun. It's I'm okay. really like now. I'm
3: sorry, I never tried it. Do you it's know what? Be honest. You know
0: what else? I think Rich spoke in the open about Tom Brady's 375, but I think maybe that's why you didn't sleep very well. You were tossing and turning a bit. Oh yeah. And maybe it was you had 375 million sheep <laughs> jumping over. Could have been
2: that. Could have been that. <laughs> Could have been that. What well, are saying? Jealousy is rearing his uh, head with ribs? No, we're, we're Michigan men. I couldn't be happier for him. Yeah. I couldn't be happier for him. And a, 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 a gentleman who uh, attempts um, when he is not playing. Uh, he gets into our lane in the paparazzi. He is terrific when he appears on NFL Network um, when uh, when he so chooses. And that's a career that's waiting for him when he's done. But he's entering year 15 with the Baltimore Ravens a uh, Walter Payton Man of the Year Award winner back here on the Rich Eisen Show, Mercedes-Benz Vans phone line, our friend Calais Campbell. How you doing, Calais?
1: Hey, man, I'm doing real good. I'd be doing a lot better if you become an agent and give me $375 million to talk uh, <laughs> football instead of playing football.
2: Does, well, uh, you know it's a 10% business when you get into broadcasting <laughs> agenting, right, Calais? <laughs> You're aware of that?
1: Yeah, man. You know, I I I love football, and being close to the game is going to be the ideal scenario. You know, I I want to play as long as I can, as long as I'm healthy. Uh, but uh, it is cool to see uh, you know a lot of ex players to that that uh, the, the other side, the media side, and uh, hopefully I, I can do that myself. Did you?
2: What did you think of when you heard about the Brady news yesterday, He
1: Said that he he's making more from uh, doing media in ten years than he made his whole career. In 22 years, that's uh, that's quite impressive. Like, wow! I didn't. I mean, football pays well, very well. I didn't realize that
2: people played uh, better. Calais, if you don't mind, we're going to call you back because you're you're cutting in and out on your phone. We're going to give you a call back. I don't know if you're in a spot. Dude. Oh, I'm sorry about that. Okay, just give him a call back, Mike. Give a give give Calais Campbell a call back because he's too too important to have his words cut in and out every now and then. I've made that decision.
0: You have that power.
2: Do I really? I
3: would say so. Yeah. You
0: no, know, it would be hard for you because if you were a broadcast agent, mm-hmm. you would always feel like you were slightly better at the job than the people that you're getting the ten percent for. Wouldn't that be hard for you? I me know as it a would broadcast be, yeah. agent, wouldn't that be hard for you? It'd be hard for me.
2: Well, it would be hard. You know, it would be hard for me as a broadcast agent dealing with all the management. Oof. And all the BS that I hear all the time, and the not calling back and all of that sort of stuff be a major problem for me.
3: Also, Rich, you said Calais was, like, coming into your lane. Mm-hmm. That man's so big, like, he rides the <laughs> HOV definitely. lane
2: by himself.
3: Like, he, he's the carpool lane he can go solo in. He's You're, got his own lane. Yeah, he's got his own No, I, yeah. uh,
2: don't, uh, I'm, I'm also well-versed <laughs> at weaving in and out of lanes because I was riding shotgun today. <laughs> Calais Campbell back here on the Rich Eisen show <laughs> <laughs> you there, Calais? Yeah, I'm here. Looks like you're sitting next to me. This is great. This is great. (laughs) So uh, walk me through your process about coming back for year 15. I know the last time we spoke right after the season, you said you were going to go through it. You were going to think about it. But uh, what's your thought process uh, that you went through, Calais?
1: Yeah, you know, honestly, uh, I think it was more of a health thing, you know, just kind of let my body heal after the season. And um, you know, after a few weeks, I felt pretty good. You know, I felt like I can you know go through the the, the pain you have to go through to be good at football again. And so um, you know, and then you know, I was just watching the playoffs and watching Super Bowl, thinking like, man, you know, the team that we had, you know, could be any of these guys. I mean, we really took the Rams down to the wire. Should have beat them, you know, in, in our hometown. Um, you know, um, you know, I right, think right, right it was like week 17, week week 16, one of those. And then uh, to see them win the Super Bowl, it's like, man, we're so close. You know, the team is just right there. We just got to get over the hump. So, you know, I I figured that, um, you know, I mean, I played this game my whole life, you know, when I've been searching for a championship ring and, you know, to be this close and to walk away just, it didn't feel right. So. You know, I felt like uh, it was it was uh, it was an easy choice once I realized my body was healthy enough to do it.
2: And then, what about uh, your family? What about your your inner circle? Your conversations that you're willing to share that you have on that front before you make a choice to play in year 15, mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, my my wife uh, was the biggest one, and um, you know, she was very supportive. You know, uh, I think she uh, she knows how bad I want to win a championship and how much time effort I put into it. And uh, I think she's in agreement for how good the, the Ravens can be this year. And I think, you know, she was like, yeah, we ha- we have a house there. We don't have to move. You know, we can just, uh, you know, uh, go for it one more time. She likes Baltimore a lot, too. I mean, the place we're at in Baltimore, she likes the area and stuff like that. So uh, she decided about going back, you know, which is which is nice because, you know, if she, if she didn't sign off on like that, I don't think it would be happening. So And then, uh, you know, just the support team I have with my brothers and sisters and my best friends and stuff, you know. Uh, they always, you know, the biggest thing is as long as you're healthy, you know. And you know, we we play board games, and you know, my mind is still sharp, and uh, you know, we uh, we wrestle around, and you know, he's still strong as ever. So I have to convince him a little bit by throwing around a little bit, but uh,
2: mm.
1: you know, uh, everybody's on board, you know. So it's a good fun year.
2: So, uh, and again, you just mentioned something in that answer, football-wise, that's crucial, uh, and that the Ravens have a chance to win it this year. Uh, there would be no f- w- year 15 if you were returning to a team that you thought didn't have a chance to win it, right,
1: Calais? Oh, yeah, without a doubt. You know, I love football a lot, but at this point in time in my career, I have to be competing for something. You know, I mean, to be a part of just a young, up-and-coming team with potential, you know, it, it really isn't uh, something I, I, I wanted to be a part of. I and mean, I know I have a lot of knowledge to give and share and help, you know, young you know young teams out, you know. But I just I feel like at this point in time, I want to be a little more selfish, and really try to compete, you know, and I'm still going to, you know, obviously uh, I take great pride in helping the young guys. And there's a lot of young guys in, in Baltimore for me uh, to help. But, um, man, uh, you know, since it was a team that I didn't think could win at all, i will probably be at home watching.
2: Calais Campbell here on the Rich Eisen Show. And you just said about being a little bit more selfish in year 15 that you want to win. Um, I'm wondering what you think of, you know, I'll put you in a little bit of position of, of uh, paparazzi as well, commenting on on a, a story we've been talking about. Lamar not being selfish enough <laughs> and leaving the bag on the table right now. Obviously, you're going year to year, and you've got him in this year, and you've not only got him in this year, you've got him in a year in which clearly um, he wants to win it all, and that's great for you in terms of your 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 timing. But what do you think is up with Lamar not taking the bag that's on the table right now?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, there, 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 there I think, you know uh, – Just from my perspective, you know, Mm -hmm. I can't speak from him him, because I haven't had a conversation directly with him about this. But from my perspective, I think he believes he could be the highest paid in the history of the game. And I think in order for him to get to that level, I think he wants to win the Super Bowl so he can justify it. And it's just, it's you know, nobody can even ask questions. And I think right now, I mean, he'll probably get up there. You know, I'm sure that, you know, he, he'll get a pretty penny if he signed the deal right now. But, you know, I I don't know if it will be the highest in history of the game. You know, and I'm not his agent. I mean, he probably could still negotiate that and get that right now, you know, just because he's so gifted. But, you know, I think there's no doubt if he goes out and wins the Super Bowl first. So I think it's just, you know, uh, I think it's a little business, you know, betting on himself. Yeah, I think it's uh, you know a lot of a lot of um, just wanting to prove to the whole world that he can win a Super Bowl. I think he you know he's he's have um, he has such a uh, just a intensity and a motivation uh, you know that to want to wanna, like you know be the very very, very 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 best. And so like you know I talk to him and I see this young hungry guy just with so much so much potential and just see, see the way he works and stuff. I'm like man, you know he gets it. You know I just hope I'm around long enough to to go a lot of to a championship, you know, and I think this is a year, but, you know, I mean, if it's not this year, you know, he's going places. He's going to be a champion in this league, you know, many times. And, uh, you know, he's just, I mean, the way he plays, as long as he stays healthy, you know, he's going to be man, an incredible player. You know, and I'm i am happy to be able to love on him and teach him and give him some my advice and, you know, watch him grow.
2: Well, I mean, you know, the man who signs your check um, and and Lamar's, Steve Bashotti, the owner of the Ravens, said at the – owners meeting and I think I'm I'm quoting him accurately if not it's 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 paraphrasing close enough that he thinks the reason why Lamar hasn't signed anything long term yet is he doesn't believe he's worthy of what he would be earning because he has not yet won a championship which kind of dovetails into what you just said Calais Campbell so can you help me and other fans who are kind of head scratching over this as to what you've seen that makes Lamar tick that would actually give that uh, theory, some credence, Collas.
1: Yeah, you know, I mean, I think, uh, you know, um, and I mean, the only way to really be sure is to ask him directly, but from my perspective and seeing him and, and the way he moves, I mean, you know, I think he, he knows how good he could be. He knows that, you know, in this business, we're measured by, especially as a quarterback, you're measured by the championships you win. And I believe that he knows that, you know, with the teams he's had and the places he's gotten, you know, uh, that, you know, they were able to in years past and will be able to in the near future, uh, to win win the championship. And I feel like, you know, uh, you know, I, I know just You know when when he's out there and you know he puts so much pressure on himself to to not make any mistakes. You know that's kind of youth as well because I mean I think even you know the best of the best and Tom Brady's I mean you know you're gonna make a mistake. You just gotta you know move on and and he does a good job of of putting it behind him. But he does put a lot of pressure on himself. Uh, But he just he wants to he wants to win. You know and I think that uh, you know as he continues to mature and develop and you know realize that you know I mean he's already (laughs) already uh, you know one of the best. But I think you know one of the best isn't good enough. He wants to be the best. And you know, and I respect that. You know, that's something that you know you can hang your hat on. You know that uh, just being you know one of you know three or four is isn't good enough. You want to be one of one. You know, and so um, you know I think when I just when I see him, you know I think the motivation is is uh, you know you know proving all the doubters wrong. You know, because there are a lot of people who still. You know, hate on him even after all he's done in the NFL. You know, and um, you know, and there are people who who believe he's gonna, he's gonna have a short career. You know, I think he just wants to prove all the haters wrong. You know, and I'm I'm right there with him. You know, I mean, I see him every day in practice, and uh, you know, he loves the game of football. And when you love the game of football, you want to put the time and effort to be good at it with his talent and his skill level. You know, I mean, it's just just is there for you. You know, it's just a matter of uh, football fortune and good people around you to help you, help you to to uh, you know reach that full potential.
2: So, outside of having a dynamic, generationally talented quarterback, what makes you feel like the Ravens have a shot to win it all this year? What gives you that sense, Calais?
1: Yeah, I think uh, you know, I think the biggest thing is our defense. You know, um, you know, our our offense will score points. You know, we got you know, just I think our running game will get back strong again. You know, guys come back healthy. And uh, you know, I think uh, you know, the way we move the ball and, and uh you know, open up some of the is is going to score a bunch of points. But I think what really puts us over the top is our defense. You know, uh, you know, I I think uh, you know, we got a lot better in our secondary. You know, we already was a really good really, really good secondary. You know, I think our linebackers are getting older, Patrick Queen, you know, becoming a lot more wiser in this year year three, I think that's where that light button really comes on from a from a standpoint of understanding the scheme and what people are trying to do to you. And then, uh, you know, just young, talented guys on the D line who are, who are, uh, who are developing and maturing. I feel like, uh, I feel like we're just kind of in that sweet spot. You know, I think, you know, the last couple of years we had a good mix of, 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 uh, of older players and younger players. But now some of those younger players are becoming, you know, a lot more wise and a lot older. And so I think that, you know, it'll just be a lot better when your younger players are starting to get the, the, the mental side of it down where they can understand the game at a higher level and then start beating people with their mind. And so I feel like, uh, when our youth, Mature like that, you know. This this is the time. I mean, you know, I don't think there'd be a better time to have, have a chance to compete for a championship than you have right now.
2: Well, I mean, and then in the draft, Kyle Hamilton on the back end, he is just so good. And and then uh, to be added uh, to your defense is a guy who I watched play last couple of years, and unfortunately, well. You know, he'll be coming back soon, but the reason why he dropped in the second round was the unfortunate Achilles tear at his pro day. David Ajabo is spectacular. He is one of the best Wolverines I've seen in a long time, Calais. And then you got Travis Jones out of UConn. What's your sense on the whole mentoring thing? That was a conversation being said about Ryan Tannehill with Malik Willis. What's your two cents on mentoring a young player that might be taking your gig at some point,
1: Calais? I take great pride in it. You know, I feel like, especially you know, we play the exact same position, and they might take my job one day. Then you know, that's part of the business. You know, and and you know, it gives me motivation. You know, if I can you know help him to be the best he can be, and still you know be at a level where the you know where the front office you know still thinks I'm you know I'm better than him, then you know that's 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 a great challenge. Uh, for me to try to keep my job you know and, and be at the very very best, but if I can't you know beat them out then you know i, I you know it's just job to take him that's the way the business goes you know there's somebody who gets paid a lot of money uh to figure out how to you know get you younger and cheaper and um you know and and better and so um you know um I have to prove myself, you know, pretty much year in and year out that I can still do that at a high level. And I take great pride in that. Uh, but when it comes to actually helping people, I mean, I got, you know, I mean, I feel like you got to keep the game strong. You know, you got to share your knowledge. You know, what good is to accumulate all this knowledge if I'm going to just take it with me when I leave? You know, I don't believe that, uh, you know, the game was meant for that. You know, and I used to, you know, the young, when I was young, the young buck, they say, yeah, yeah I got to protect my pension. You know, I'm a school youth, I want to protect my pension, you know. But at the end of the day, you know, it really comes down to, you know, I mean, I just, you know, I can't help myself. I'm a teacher by nature. You know, I like helping people. And, you know, I can't see, you know, somebody with so much potential and so much, you know, hunger and and not give them my two cents and, you know, help them from the way I see fit. So, you know, I've taken great pride over the years in helping my young bucks, as I call them, uh Develop and this, you know, I mean, I play long enough now where I can see some of these young bucks getting big contracts and doing well, you know, and it's like, man, that's cool. And they always show me nothing but love, you know. I mean, I still talk to guys from different teams all the time, you know, and they're like, man, I wouldn't be here if it were not for you. And I'm like, that's not true. You probably would have been there because if, you, if you're, you know, if you got the juice, you got the juice, you know. Mm. But uh, I just, you know, I'm glad I can help you get there a little faster and, you know, just a different way, so. You know, I take really good. I take a lot of pride in that.
2: A couple more minutes left with Calais Campbell here on the Rich Eisen show. Were you surprised by the Hollywood Brown trade draft night, Calais?
1: Yeah, yeah, I was. You know, I was. But then, you know, I talked to him. You know, afterwards, and you know, I mean, you know, he was very happy about it. You know, and just, you know, it seems like it was because usually when the player gets traded, traded, you know, the players are usually disappointed by it. You know, you know, ninety nine percent of the time. And so you know, you know, I reached out to him, and you know, didn't you know? He told me that you know, it was one of the things where he actually asked for, you know, which is which is cool, you know. I mean, I get it, you know, it's a business, and you know, you're always trying to you know put yourself in the best position to be successful in this game. And so you know, Arizona really good place for him, but yeah, I was very surprised. You know, yeah, I see how good he can be, especially you know him and Lamar together. I feel like they have such a good rapport. Uh, you know, it would have been great to see them be teammates for a little longer, but I get it, you know, in this business, you know, I mean, you only got a small window of time to be at, at a very, at your very, very best at a high level. And, um, you know, sometimes, you know, you just got to, you know, need a new transit scenery a new place for you to go out there and, and do that. And I know that from personal experience, you know, I mean, I was with the with the Cardinals. I thought I was playing some really good football, you know, but then I got a new transitionary, a new, just fresh energy going to a new place. And I had the best year of my career in Jacksonville, my first year there. So, you know, sometimes the transitionary is necessary.
2: Well, you know, I hope you make the Super Bowl for many reasons, Calais, because you deserve it. Um, you wanted to come back to, to make it, and, and you deserve to get what, what you want. Um, and plus, what better way to, I guess, personify the change in the NFL over a 15-year span than to go to the Super Bowl in your first year with Kurt Warner, and potentially your last year with Lamar Jackson, right? I mean, like that would just, just see how the league has totally changed in 15 years if that happens, <laughs> I
1: mean, right? That would be incredible. I just got chills in my back here, and you say that, you know, and if God willing, you know, that would be an incredible story. You know, maybe write a movie about it the change of the game but that is true That is you know, you know, Kurt Warner man he's, he's a legend you know one of my favorite people I've ever played football with and uh, you know and then to be able to you know just share that knowledge I learned from him with Lamar you know and just see him develop man it's, it's a dream come true
2: well good luck to you Calais uh, oh yeah I made a note to ask you this before the end of the conversation you said uh, that uh, part of the reason why you are you know that you're you're in health good health not just your body but your mind is you play a lot of board games what board games do you play what board games does Calais Campbell play
1: was that? All kinds of setups of Catan. Catan, me and my brother we play it almost, you know, every other night. As competitive as could be, it's fun. <laughs> uh I, we used to play Monopoly all the time, you know, but uh we found Catan and it's our new favorite K-10. board game. So okay. you know, well, we, we compete. We also play a lot of chess too, but you know, we like those uh strategy mind games.
2: Okay. Monopoly, what are you always? The car, the hat, the iron? Which one were you in Monopoly?
1: Oh, I was time? always the shoe, you know, a the shoe. shoe, you know, I like to run fast.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's another thing too, Calais. If you know, in, in your in your window, remaining window, we got to get you in the end zone. I saw you've never scored a career touchdown in the NFL, Calais, right? No, no, I got I got three touchdowns.
1: I got three touchdowns. You got three I, I I touchdowns? No, so never have th- I have three touchdowns. Yeah, all fumble recoveries. So I need
2: a thick okay. six. That's we That's, need, that's it. We need a. Th- we call it a thick six. You know, when a banner, you know, big <laughs> big guy scores, we need a thick six out of you, Calais. You take care, okay, bud. You be well.
1: All uh, right, man.
2: Take oh, it easy. Always a pleasure talking with Calais Campbell, the two 2000- thousand. 19 Walter Payton, Man of the Year Award winner and good guy and great player entering year 15, having a conversation on the Rich Eyes and show with the birds chirping outside. Did you hear that? I did. Very nice. Very peaceful. Yes. Tranquil. Yes. Very nice. Yep. So it's nice of him to call in from Augusta National like that. <laughs> All right. Uh, we will take a break and come back and reveal the information that everybody wants to know. How did, oh, very nice. Appreciate that. How did, uh, how did uh, Susie and I's uh, son, uh, Cooper, fare in his Little League game yesterday after I put the kibosh on playing <laughs> soccer before? That's coming up with your phone calls as well. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people. Or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. back here on the rich eisen show terrestrial radio outfit youtube.com slash rich eisen show let's take this phone call tanner in portland oregon first in first up what's up tanner
3: hey rich um i don't know if you were watching the angels rays game last night but Mm -hmm. i think we saw the biggest crime in baseball and that's when a team's getting their you know what's beaten off yeah and they put in a freaking fielder to get roped for Two innings. I feel like that is way worse for baseball than any any shift or any uh, pitchers or anything like
2: that. I'm going to push back on that. The shift takes away offense and takes away excitement and and makes people want to hit it over them, which means more strikeouts. We're not where the, the when the shift finally goes away. Just watch this sport totally open back up again and get back to some old school stuff like hitting and running and making contact and all sorts of stuff. Uh, And thanks for the call. The position player in question is one of our favorites, and he's only been on the show once, Brett Phillips, who had that – remember he had that viral moment uh, where he caught a pop fly of a game that he already pitched in earlier this year and celebrated it like it was the, the World Series championship, you know? Um, And it led to last night, I guess he gave up, as Tanner's pointing out, he gave up a home run to Trout, almost gave up another one to Otani, and um, Anthony Rendon hit lefty against him because he was throwing 50-some-odd miles an hour, and Rendon's never batted lefty in his stellar career, and he yanked one out of the park. He's now got a career 5,000 OPS batting left-handed, Anthony Rendon. And this was all in a game, though. And this is where, again, baseball sometimes just can't get out of the way of itself, certainly with fans, although I think Tanner was a little bit off the mark with all due respect. I should have said that first, though. Uh, Reed Detmers, the uh, rookie for the Angels, pitched a no-hitter in the game. And, you know, I saw that and saw the Angels celebrating and seeing this performance he just one walk, two strikeouts, interesting line for uh for the rookie. 108 pitches in his 11th career major league start. And the thing that I'm thinking about when I see this is we're not talking about the Angels. And for good reason coming into the season, um that We're just waiting to see what it looks like when Mike Trout's healthy. And we're waiting to see what it looks like when Mike Trout's healthy and Otani's playing on the Angels. Haven't seen that very much. And we're just waiting to see what happens when Mike Trout's healthy and Otani's playing on the Angels and Anthony Rendon's now in his second year there and Joe Madden, your guy, Suze, um, is pushing buttons. And I know we're very... uh, East Coast-centric baseball show with Brockman, uh, uh, with the Red Sox, and you and I Delta t four Yankees, and you, T.J. Jefferson, being a Met fan. Beautiful time. But the Los Angeles Angels are 21-11. and 11. Yes. And as a Yankee fan, I don't like it. No. <laughs> I don't like it at all because every time I know the Angels are good and the Yankees go down... And the Thundersticks are going, and I don't even know rally if they monkey? still have that friggin' Rally Monkey rally anymore. Monkey. But you covered all those Angels. I sat with Susie Team one Susie. of those uh, yep. series. Back in the day. Back then. That
0: was a World Series.
2: When the Thundersticks yeah. were born, and the Rally Monkey was yeah. going on, and-
0: Scott Spezio was playing Scott in the Scott Spezio,
2: everybody. Oh, my God. Oh,
0: my. Wow. Mm.
2: Your boy, Oof. Percival, coming out of the pen. Staring in,
0: because he couldn't see.
2: Darren Erstad. Yep. You know, staring at you because he's thinking about you asking the wrong question. Yep. That red ass.
0: I didn't ask the wrong question. I know you never did, but
2: he was he was tough, Ersted. He was, he was tough. tough as nails. And it just again, those teams, the Angels are good. This is what we want to see, folks. This is what would be good for baseball is Otani and Trout. Playing deep into October with Joe Madden bringing some of that magic he had in Chicago and Rendon doing his thing finally. And if they get the pitching, I mean, it, Thor is down there, man. They get the pitching. And then when you see stuff like this, rookies throwing no hitters, <laughs> yeah. and you start feeling this something special and you start feeling this could be it. All I'm saying, man, is Mike Trout just go. Just walk, look both ways before crossing the street. <laughs> Make sure you get your stretching in. You're hydrated. I want to see him in all 162 with Otani doing his thing. He had a grand slam the other day. Yeah. You know, he went into Boston and he whipped the Red Sox, as you heard Bob Ryan say yesterday. Mets Angels. I mean, we'll the series. Astros are right behind Ooh. him. Bring that on. Uh, Yankees, uh, we already know because Coop uh, asked. Um, Angels are, uh, Yankees are coming to... Uh, Southern California in late August.
0: And we're going. We're going to go. Oh, nice. I, I love Otani's doing
2: commercials
3: now, too, which wait. is it's great. very necessary for uh, that brand to build
2: up. I, I, I saw that last night, and I didn't take anything away from Brett Phillips. You know what?
3: Oh, by the way, Rich, we brought up Whatever. Brett Phillips. I mean, the thing that brought him into our consciousness was, remember, he had hit a home run for a, a little girl, eight-year-old girl who had cancer. Yes. That's...
2: How yeah, he came into yeah our, I mean, there's so many. different ways. I mean, Plus, he plays with such a joy, and yeah. you know, unfortunately, he got tagged, man, yesterday. But don't mess with the Angels right now. Brett seems like the type who still had fun, even though it didn't go his
3: way <laughs>
2: on the mound. He, uh, you know, you know, he seems like the type who still found some joy, yeah, in playing. And the game. Um, you know, meanwhile, the good thing Brockman's not here with the Red Sox, ten oh, they and a half behind terrible. the Yankees right now. Oh, oh baby, terrible. <laughs> Oh, Butte. baby. So uh, I know we're just going to talk about Coop, but we'll do that later on when we have more real estate. Um, hour number one coming to a close. It was great with Calais Campbell right there with the birds chirping in the mm-hmm. background. All sorts of... Uh, do you think those birds were outside or he, he has birds no, in I think the crib. he stepped outside because, we, you know, his phone was crapping out early on. I think mm-hmm. he was inside the house. He stepped outside for good reception, and now we're hearing the birds chirping <laughs> as if he was at Augusta National. Here's Calais Campbell. This is the best. He for birdie. Cinderella's still here to this it. 12 yards out. <laughs> At any rate. Oh, um, he got out of that one. No, you don't talk about yards.
3: He got, I'm, I'm, I'm Carl Spackler. Anyway, uh, Doug Peterson's
2: uh, calling in, and thanks to the Jaguars for providing a photograph of what he will look like calling into the program. There it is. <laughs> That's That's gotta, there he is. That's exactly that right how he's going to look. He's going to be that excited to call into show. <laughs> the show. That's how we're going to start hour number two on this program, and then I'll have the top ten games. I'm so looking forward to knowing when it's going to happen when the schedule comes out tomorrow. Um, so, so we just talked a little baseball right there. Um, this tweet from the Toronto Blue Jays came to my attention thanks to Sarah Tiana. She tweeted at me. I did not see this. I do not follow the Blue Jays' Twitter account. But the Blue Jays were in uh, Cleveland last weekend and performed very well. Yeah, They scored seven runs in one inning. And somebody uh, from the Toronto Blue Jays' um, uh, social media Operation decided. Oh, seven points in Cleveland, seven runs in Cleveland. So seven points in Ohio. Let me uh, make this joke on Twitter. Teams wearing blue don't oh. usually score touchdowns in Ohio on Saturday afternoons. Oh. Shots fired. Oh. We did though. Shots. Fired. Oh wow. <laughs> so yo. <laughs> Clearly, that's a shot in the direction of the Michigan Wolverines. No, that's at you. Uh, You know know what? I did take it personally for a second. (laughs) But then I thought, you know what? That is such a cheap shot. That's low rent. That's just low-hanging fruit. It's just, you know, it's not right. And, And I just want to take the high road. You should always take the high road, Blue Jays' Twitter account. You should always make sure you don't go for the easy shot when you can because it's just not right to well ah screw it this happened last night here's the one two swung on and hit in the air to deep left field that ball is high it is far it is gone it's a game winning walk off three run home run by Aaron Judge he hit it a mile and a half in the left field seats so Judge a Judgeian blast and here he comes here comes the Judge he drills a walk-off, three-run, one-out, ninth-inning, home run. And the Yankees win the ballgame 6-5. Ball game over. Yankees win. The Yankees win. Yeah, it does feel good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Michigan wears white on the road, Toronto. So, yes, teams in white can win with three points with a field goal with no time left
3: (laughs) oh baby that could have been against penn state the yankees win the yankees win